0: Hi, hello, how are you? I wanted to give some shout-outs, some thanks, and some promotions at the beginning of this episode, because I usually put them at the end, and we have had a lot of help lately at Good Better Quest, so I feel it's important everyone go and check out these people who have helped us. Firstly, to our player, Nicola Snyder. She stepped up in a big way to help us, despite being part of a million projects, including being the marketing director of the Backwater Bastards, who you should also check out at BW Bastards on Twitter. And playing in the upcoming actual play podcast Chronicles of the Ill-Fated Dice. Also check it out at Ill-Fated Die on Twitter. Nicola has gone above and beyond to not only find time to play with us and put up with our absolute madness, but she has also worked hard to promote us and our show. She can be found at Nekola the Druid, that's N-E-K O L A the Druid, on Twitter. Secondly, I wanted to thank today's voice opening for the show, Brianna Jean or B Tauber at Twitter. That's B-T-A-E-U-B-E-R. She is also part of a million things. She is changing reality one story at a time over at Pseudonym Social, home to Aboard the Opal Star and The Disciples of the Eight. Two actual plays with new episodes every other week. Finally, I wanted to give everybody at the GBQ crew a self-plug because I feel like we don't really do that, and we want to interact with you guys so much more. If you want to find our most recent updates and all of these awesome people that we interact with as easily as you can, find us at GBQPod on Twitter. That's G-B-Q-P-O-D at Twitter. Now, if you want to find our personal Twitters, Doug's is Doug GBQ, David's is Stag underscore Horn, Kate is BossKeys, B-O-S-S-K-E-Y-S underscore Twitch on Twitter, and myself is nlacy that's n l a c y seven zero on twitter we are so incredibly grateful to have people wanting to listen to the show and we love interacting with everybody please do not hesitate to reach out to us we would love to interact with you
1: well of course things changed when people heard what happened, especially inside of the ship, they weren't sure if they should be happy or scared. Would you be? If someone showed up to your party unexpectedly, even if they had been there before, would you know how to feel, truly?
0: Welcome back, fellow traveler, to Good Better Quest. Join us as we go on a long errand. everybody, and welcome back to Good Better Quest on our side campaign, a long errand. I am your fungeon monger, Nolan Lacey. And here I am, playing a game online, with people who I consider my friends, saying in a different way than the Fungeon Master.
2: The, this is like, oh, yeah, my favorite movie is Ratatouille, and then you go to the drugstore, and in, in the in the $1 bin is a rip off movie that's just called Cooking Rat and
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Coco Crispies but my favorite cereal is Chocolate Crisps I, I was just Chocolate Cruncher
1: <laughs> <laughs> Also can I just say third episode in that I've realized we've missed an opportunity to call it good better side quest
3: Oh Damn it! Hey, it's not too fact. late. You're gonna have to re-record I was about the saying, opening. We haven't published shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, but yes, also yes. Good, better side um, quest sa- is fucking good gold. Good, better side, side quest.
3: Fucking gold. And as much as we love puns, Nolan, shame on us. Shame on you. I know. And shame I know. on me. God damn it.
2: Shame to you. Shame to your
1: family. This. Shame to your ancestors.
3: Exactly. I am
2: flawless in this. I. You know, I David's no, David's flawless in this because he doesn't give a damn about a pun.
3: <laughs> David, David hates us for making puns, but Nolan and I are on notice for this shit. <laughs> we are, we are. I feel bad.
1: I feel like I have earned my place finally.
0: Oh, oh, you're yeah. yes, absolutely family. You me family,
1: in
3: family, but yeah. you are definitely
0: family.
1: <laughs>
0: and as such, you get to introduce yourself first.
1: Oh dang. Okay. Hi, I'm Nicola. I play Raquel, the psychic, who uh is on the run from her mom. It's bad.
2: Hello? I am David Hallman. I'm your normal Fungin Master, but today I'm playing... Oh, damn it. That's not how I wanted to do it. Uh,
3: But all of this is pretty
2: good. Well, cut it in
0: post. Yeah.
2: Please don't cut it in post.
3: (laughs) Mm-mm. Mm-mm. mm mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm.
2: I'm David Hallman, normal Fungin Master. Today... Hagen Young, outer space blaster.
0: Oh God damn it!
1: Oh shit! We're going home. It was not a good <laughs> one. Home. You're culpable now. Home. You're I'm culpable. You're culpable. Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, my name is Doug, and I play Jake Lucas, who has a secret in his belly. His belly is full
0: of secrets.
3: His belly is full of secrets.
0: You guys are in a hairy predicament you are facing off with the cannonball who has just launched nine missiles heading your way hagen you are in a fighter facing off another hoganite who has very clearly been broken what do you guys do jake steps up uh,
3: and, and speaks like directly into whatever the the, you know, the, the, the communicator is um and he's any he, and he says um
0: he says, it's me you want, call back the missiles, and I'll come clean.
1: <laughs> as,
0: as you say this, Crumb turns around and looks directly at you. Hey, bud, you can't call missiles back. That's not, that's expressly how they don't work. You, They're coming. We gotta go.
3: You're telling me in this land of technology that is just out of fucking control that you can't call a missile back yet? Are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to tell me that the dryer still eats socks? Are you trying to tell me? God damn it, Nolan! You can't call a missile back. This is World War Two. Right. Yes, in space. In space. Yeah. All right, fine,
0: fine. Um, Crumb looks at he Goes, they they can't call it back but I can, I can do the second best thing. We're gonna hightail it out of here and you're gonna shoot those missiles. And if we live, we'll have another conversation from a safe distance. How's that sound?
3: He's already back at the stand, getting all gunnered up.
0: Crum, his little Tesla coil starts spinning a little bit. He's, he's clearly doing some things in the cabin. As he says this, a chair pops up under your butt because uh, security officer station is just a standing station so that you can move. But as they start speeding up, you get a a comfortable chair to sit in so you don't become jelly. Calvin looks at everybody left on the bridge and says, we're gonna have to outrun these missiles. So we're gonna go real fast. Uh, Crumb's already got us moving, but you guys need to shoot these things down. Once we get to the asteroid, we'll get to the other side of it. We'll put some distance between us and we'll have a chat. How's that?
1: Uh, In excitement, Raquel's already hit the, the button to shoot something. (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay, so you guys have, have these nine missiles coming after you. Hagen, you are, are facing down the other Hoganite, and the missiles, you're, you're in between the, the Manticore and the Cannonball, so as you're talking to this guy, the missiles come out on your side, so you can turn around and chase after them, but you're going to have to run away from this other Hoganite as well. The Manticore is building up speed, and you guys essentially are playing tic-tac-toe, with nine full squares of X's and you want to turn them all to O's.
2: That's impossible. The only winning move is not to play.
1: Okay, so what do you want me to roll to accidentally hit one?
0: So this is going to be an actual, I think our actual first real attack roll. So it is going to be 2d6 and the the missiles are they are, they're in a pattern but they're not Dumb. They do have some tracking on them, so Crum is moving the ship as much as he can. He's, you know, kind of swerving in and out to try and do it. So it's more difficult than when you were just sitting there trying to shoot down the little ships.
1: Okay. What do I add to it?
0: I'm gonna say these are agility rolls, since you are uh, using controls to shoot these these things down. Unless you can justify something else to me.
1: No.
2: Wholesome Patrick Rothfuss bullshit.
1: Okay, for the first one because she hits the button while Captain Ripley's still talking. So I'm not gonna try and justify anything. She just hit a random button and just was like, "Ha ha!" and rolled an eight.
0: Oh, okay. You hit one of the missiles, and it fizzles out. It doesn't explode, but you hit the the fuel, and it just leaks out, and it stops. So one of the the missiles is just slowing down behind you guys as you're racing away from these other eight missiles fair you guys are are racing towards this asteroid while you're doing this calvin is hitting a bunch of buttons and she's taking over control one of the cannons that hagen left jake as the security officer you have control over a lot of different weapons and you get to choose what type of cannon you're using The the turbo cannons are all over the ship so like everybody gets just regular lasers But there are a couple that the security officer gets priority for Is there any kind of cannon that you'd like to use? Yeah, I I want like a like a scatter gun effect
3: like I want to like I want to toss like a bunch of debris in a direction And try to like hit all of them or as many of them at one time
0: The panel pops up and it looks like a cylinder for a, a revolver. There's six holes in it and you're looking at it and there's one that just has these shards in it and you hit it and a flechette cannon pops out of the back and you have essentially a cannon full of garbage but it's all scrap metal all this broken steel and old ships and calvin turns around to you and goes yeah that's that's probably a good idea we've we've uh, taken apart and she winks at you we've taken apart some other ships and uh, we're using them to Make some defensive Uh, maneuvers. So let's see if that works. You only have two shots, though, so you're going to have to make them count.
2: Recycling.
0: (laughs) Here's
3: the thing. like When a shark goes into a school of fish, it doesn't just go in mouth open. It goes in focusing on one fish in the school because it knows that if it focuses on that one and then opens its mouth as it's going through, it's bound to get at least one of them. And and what ends up happening is they get a bunch of them because they're not distracted; they're just moving in a straight line and just accepting the reality that comes to them. So, Jake looks into the like sort of cluster of these missiles and he tries to find the one that looks the most like central, and he locks his aim in on that and hopes for the best and fires that uh, fires
0: them cannons. Okay, give me give me an attack roll, and for this one because it's it's just huge you're not really aiming for it i think this would be more of a i almost think this would be like a sneak roll. like you have pulled out a cannon they're not expecting
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're
0: just letting it go
3: okay what do you want what do you want my modifier to be because it seems to me that it's a willpower situation that it's like he's gonna have to be calm enough to look at these eight missiles coming straight at them pick one and let that be the focus, and hope that everything else gets obliterated when he hits the cannon. Like, I feel like that's a nerves of steel sort of operation.
0: I'll give that to you. Essentially what you're doing is you have this, this shorter range cannon that's full of, of scrap metal, and you're waiting until one missile is right on the manticore's butt. Yes. And then you're letting it go.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. oh yeah, do that. All
3: right, so we're playing chicken with them missiles. And, um, y'all, went ended up with a 13. Holy shit. Oh!
0: I rolled an 11, and I get plus two. Do I get
3: to describe it?
0: Yes, yeah, you do. But I'm just, I want to describe the bridge real quick before this let's happens. Let's get it,
3: let's get it.
0: Everybody is looking at Jake, because he's, he's looking through all of the cannons, and Calvin is like... Tapping her fingers, and she's got one hand on her cannon, and she's she's shooting, but she's mostly missing because Crom is having to do these maneuvers. And Captain Calvin turns back and goes, uh, "Jake, any any second here, if you could do you know something other than stand there, it'd be real helpful."
3: Um, and Jake is just training in the sights, and you like if you're watching him, if you're looking at him, you see his movements. Uh, you see his movements is like really fluid and really controlled and um you you see that his his face is not only like it's not cocky but it's so certain his the expression on his face is so certain as these missiles come closer and closer and closer that even the old experienced folks get a little drawn up about it but Jake waits to the last second and he drops the drops the trash out of the cannons and his, he knows that the grin that's on his face sh- like screams cocksure, but on the inside, he's like, man,
0: I'm sure I'm glad we're not dead right now. <laughs> you shoot this flechette out and you hit the lead missile and it explodes and it takes four of the other missiles with it. And the explosion is so big and so close to the manticore that after you hit the button and feel the explosion, everybody is pushed into their seats as you gain a burst of speed and race away from the explosion. Crumb's frill comes up a little bit, and a a little happy, like, ah, and then he turns back and, and starts guiding the ship some more. Hagen, as the missiles launch and they're chasing after the ship, do you turn around to chase them or are you trying to hold the cannonball at bay?
2: I wanna hold the cannonball at bay because it's it's training its lasers on the ship, right?
0: At this point, the, the Manticore is getting out of range of its actual main lasers because they were hoping one of the missiles would have disabled it. Okay. So they haven't started moving as quick as the Manticore. They have all of their defensive measures out. They have a bunch of lasers ready to go. I
2: think Hagen's going to go for these missiles. I think Hagen is going to get on the six of... Hulk one. What kind of weapons is this, this little little ship got? Just just typical lasers,
0: or does it have some
2: maybe a special?
0: Just
3: describe something, and maybe it'll be it.
0: Give me give me a another. Let's see. What are you using to pilot? Hijack. Hijack. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> give me a, give me a tech roll. Oh not
2: proficient in tech that's five
0: okay so well well mark experience this is an advanced ship like you know that you know this is is an advanced ship that for some reason captain calvin had sitting in a cargo bay oh you are having problems accessing everything and not because you can't get to it because you don't have time to yeah you could crack this whole system and get to it but the first thing that pops up is just just lasers yeah but while you're while you're searching it the amount of information that comes up in the weapons array is very big but you you just don't have time to do it okay so you have lasers i got lasers
2: okay i'm on the six of this hogan before i go to help with these
0: missiles i want to attempt to manipulate a hulk one okay and I will say, in this situation, it doesn't have to just be a, a conversational. I'm going to tell you not to do this. If you have another way to convince them that they're doing the wrong thing, by all means.
2: I'm going to roll manipulate. It's not good. This is this is bad. I have zero in willpower. I don't know why I'm trying to do this. This wasn't even a good idea. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> what did you roll? An eleven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ! This was the Woohoo! stupidest idea that should not have happened. Hagan is is diving out of the way of Hulk One's ship, and he calls out on the communicator to Hulk One You know, I'm no expert on our species. That's a lie. I I know a lot about us, but I'm going to wager your paradox-absorbing crumple zone has been impacted. So, just if you can think for me for a minute, this statement is a lie, but I only speak the truth. Solve for X. The partial derivative of H times c with respect to T plus the partial derivative of H times u times C
0: with respect to the x plus the partial derivative of H times v times C with respect to y plus partial derivative of w times C with respect to z minus the partial derivative of o over H times the partial derivative of C with respect to Z. all with respect to Z.
2: Minus H times the summation of s times k multiplied by k subtracted from P times C minus C
1: sub s over s. Ultimately, this
2: equation proves.
0: That it just peels, peels away. You start talking to Hulk One and you give this immense equation. You start, and, and you're saying in Hoganese? H- H- Hogan. Hoganish. Hoganish. You're speaking to. Which
1: is just beatboxing.
0: Yeah. You start giving him this immense equation and you hear him just go, solve for X. Must stop and solve for X. As he does that, his ship starts to slow down you zip past him but you have a camera on the back so you can still see him the ship slows and slows and slows and gets behind the cannonball and comes to a complete stop and then fucking explodes (laughs) (laughs) and as as that happens you still have communications open with the cannonball he's teleported back directly onto the bridge of the ship and you just see him sitting there going cannot compute cannot compute paradox absorbing crumpled zones in dire need of repair he falls over and you just see sparks coming out of the background oh no so now you are in front of the cannonball but behind the last three missiles that are chasing after the manticore do you want to shoot them down do you want to try and i
2: want to blap them i want to i'm to wow. okay i want
3: to
0: oh
2: oh reader no I'm, I'm gonna blap them what do i do
0: give me a pilot check to see if you can use the lasers efficiently enough to shoot one down you have proficiency in pilot i right? have
2: proficiency but i also have minus one in agility but i like i'm hijacking the ship can i not is there a role associated with hijack yeah because i thought that was ability. just an ability that you it's an it's an ability i assume
0: it, I okay can... then yeah roll it with intelligence then all right that is a seven, but I
2: have proficiency in it so I can re-roll one of the die? yeah Correct. All right, I'm going to re-roll this three. Oh, for better. And now it's a nine.
0: Nice. Is that with your intelligence added? It is not.
2: Now it's an
3: 11.
0: Ooh, even okay. I would
2: have been fine with the first one. That was a risky move.
0: That was a risky
3: um, fucking move, dude.
0: Uh, yeah. You zip past Hulk one and you're coming up on the missile that's furthest away from the manticore and you have this incredibly fast ship like you have caught up to the missiles you, I, I imagine hagen is surprised at how fast he can get this ship going just thinking about it and you do you do the the x-wing bomber run from a new hope where you just find the the length of the missile and you just shoot down its length and you blow a hole in the 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 engine, you blow a hole in the fuel, you blow a hole in everything. And as you're doing it, again, you get right in front of it as it explodes and it pushes you up to the next missile. Yeah. But, Raquel, you took your shot. Your lasers have recharged. Are you ready to shoot again? Do you want to try and shoot these last two? What what do you want to do to get away from these missiles and out of this situation?
1: I want to shoot them again. I don't think she thinks she's got anything else she can do. So she's just like and it's going to shoot him again. Just got a button to push. But that's a six. Okay,
0: so mark experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I like experience.
0: As you're doing this, you're trying to shoot this missile as it comes up closer, and it hits one of the engines on the manticore, and you guys slow down. And while that happens, in your head and in Crumb's head, you hear this. Oh, we're
3: coming to nothing you can do to stop us, brother, and
1: we will get what we are coming after this year. I kind of side-eye Crumb. Like, I don't like that.
0: That didn't sound good. Crumb's eyeball turns around behind and looks at you and just... He just nods. You see him spin his little Tesla coils a little bit more, and he's trying to, to get some juice back into the engines after one has fallen out. Okay. Jake, you have five other types of cannons, and one more shot with the flechette. Do you think...
3: Can he see Can he see that um, Hagen is out in the sort of sort of line of fire now with the missiles?
0: Yes. If you tried to use the flechette again, Hagen is right next to the trailing missile. So you have one and up how front... How many missiles do we have left? There's only two.
3: Oh, well, shit. Okay, good, 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 good. I'll have to put him in danger. What are my other options for the cannon?
0: The readout in front of you is shaped like a revolver cylinder, and your options are essentially the bullets filling each hole. The selection you have now is the flechette cannon, which has an icon mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of just mm-hmm. random shapes. Rotating clockwise, you have a lightning bolt for an EMP cannon, a wheel with small holes in it for a minigun, the shape of the turbo lasers but bigger for a big laser, increasing semicircles like Wi Fi symbol for the wave cannon, and then back around to your normal turbo lasers.
2: I am getting some mad FTL
3: vibes. Love it. All right.
2: Uh, Pull the trigger, piglet.
3: Nah, Jake. Jake is gonna try one thing different. He's gonna switch to the wave cannon. He needs to have some sort of some sort of area effect, but one that maybe isn't going to destroy this other ship. But there's a moment where he decides that if it comes down to it, he absolutely can fire the flesh head into multiple missiles, even if dude is out there. And so, um, he switches to the wave cannon, uh, trains in on the one that's farthest away from Hagen's ship and fires. And that's going to be, um, I'm just, it's a 10.
0: With the the wave cannon, it's essentially a big, uh, like, in D&D terms, it does force damage. So you pull it out and you point it at the nose of the, the leading missile and you shoot it. And as it hits the front of the missile, it redirects that missile into the missile behind it. And they they collide with each other and both explode. Now this explosion isn't as big as the first one because it's half as many missiles. But as you guys get launched forward, Crum turns around and looks at the people in the crew everybody, you need to buckle up. That that asteroid is sped up again. We're right on it. We need to make sure that we're not going to just run into this thing. Everybody needs to, to get back to their station so that we can have a proper landing sequence initiated by the time we get there.
2: Hagen, Hagen's going to board back on the ship as soon as possible.
0: Jake is going to go help him get in. Jake, you run back to the cargo bay and you're getting it ready for Hagen to land. The problem is, the missile that hit the ship damaged the cargo bay doors. Oh no. So you're going to have to do some maintenance essentially to get these doors back open.
3: Let's do it. All right,
0: so I want to I want to
3: assess the steps this is going to take, man. Like let me know how many rolls is going to be, like what are what are the steps of this process that you're looking for because I've I can make a plan around
0: that. With the the doors being damaged, what you can do? There's an emergency shield that turns on that keeps the air in that you can still go in and out of, but it's super not safe to travel with. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, you're going to have to blast the doors out of their sockets. There are emergency ways to do this, but you're going to have to hit three panels around the docking bay to initiate the blast sequence to turn on the shield and get the doors open.
3: Are there any other options or is that the only cool thing to be done?
0: There are some other options. You can essentially forget the shield and open one door enough so that he can come in but all of the air is going to get sucked out you're either going to have to create an airlock from the other side hold on as he comes in and close the door behind him let's do that
1: would you happen to be communicating with anybody else while you're doing this
0: oh yeah
3: i mean jake would probably be like hey we got to get this guy back in because Jake probably feels guilty as shit because he was going to blast him and it wasn't going to like he was going to feel bad about it but he was he would have saved more lives than he lost.
0: Hey, uh Raquel, you you're a psychic, correct?
1: I know, that's why I'm asking if we would have cuz I would run out there with him if I knew that's where he was going.
3: You would definitely feel his sense of guilt.
1: Uh which is ironic because the reason we're in the situation is Raquel, not him. I have an ability called telekinesis That might help But I also have Blast,
2: but I don't think that'll help Oh, that might fucking help
1: No, it's psychic pow. It's it's like a psychic
2: oh, Mind blast Like it hurts brains
1: It hurts brains uh, And then premonition, but I don't want to use premonition yet I can only use it once Blast, it doesn't say that blast is only Mantles oh, It just says Psychic Okay.
0: Just says blast.
1: Okay. Well, here I was thinking I'd be crafty with my telekinesis, but if all I have to do is just blow shit up with my brain,
0: get it.
1: So into that,
0: you guys leave the uh, leave the bridge, and make it all the way down to the the docking bay. And Calvin comes on the communicator and relays that the doors are jammed, and you have to do something to get it open. If you guys can figure out how to get Hagen back onto this ship, we can land on the asteroid and do some do some space repairs and get it done. But we really need him back as quickly as possible. So whatever you guys have come up with, just go ahead and do it. We'll hold off the cannonball and, and figure this out later.
3: Raquel, you're at the cargo bay?
1: Yeah. I ran with you.
3: Alright, then then you know what I'm thinking. You know what my plan is. My plan is I'm gonna I'm gonna crack that door open just enough uh, for Hagen to get through. And I'm gonna close it shut behind him as he comes through, and I'm, I'm gonna count on him knowing that he's gonna need to help me shut that door when he comes through. Um, but you should like be able to feel and hear all of that from me. It's a very straightforward plan. And so I do.
1: Okay, well, I could, I could blast it with, with my brain power.
3: Well, that's even I could better. blow it open. But yeah, but, but we, then, then we'd have we have to close it. We have to close it. We have to close it.
2: We do. All right. Are, are you guys saying this like over the communication thing? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, can can Hagen hear this, Nolan? Yes. Okay. Hagen goes over the uh, the intercom and and says, uh, "Listen, I'm I'm coming in pretty hot here. If you can get the door open, I can get it closed, one way or another."
1: Okay. What do I have to roll to blow the door open with my brain power? Brain power. It says it's a ranged weapon. You can use your psychic powers as a ranged weapon, doing 1d6 plus 1 damage to a nearby target. You roll... You attack by rolling the dice with willpower. I guess I just answered my own goddamn question. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Willpower.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think all psychic things are under willpower.
1: Which is why that has a plus 2. But, like, does that mean since I'm using one of my abilities, I can reroll one of the dice? yes Yes. okay good please (laughs) okay so with my plus two it's an eight
3: all right Mixed success
0: (laughs) we'll take it you run into the the room and you and jake have been talking about what you're gonna do and you want to open this door you are able to blast the door but you do it before you guys get anything situated so what happens is the door comes open enough that hagen will be able to get through if he if he pilots the ship very carefully, but because this was the first action you took, all of the air in the cargo bay is being sucked out. It's becoming a vacuum because you just opened it to the vacuum of space without putting anything in place.
1: Yeah, that's pretty on par for her to get prematurely excited about this.
0: So you guys can either figure out a very quick way to get a force field up, figure out a way to leave the cargo bay that you're in, Or find something to hold on to.
2: Can I do something, Nolan? Yes. Hagen sees this. Like, that the door is open. And I think he also sees, like, shit flying out of the cargo bay. And I think he goes over comms and also just says to the ship in general, I'm a pretty good mechanic. I, I think I can fix this. But sorry in advance. And he is going to fly the ship right into that hole and try and crash it in a way that it covers the hole like with the twisted metal. I'm going to take some damage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me a, a piloting role.
2: Pilot or hack,
0: hacking cuz you are hacking.
2: Analytical. It. Like this is analytical. This is
0: um this is some beautiful. Y- you're mind communicating shit. with the ship, intimately enough to know exactly how to do this. All right, so I rolled a seven, and that's plus
2: two, nine. Okay. Oh wait, shit! That's just a mixed success. Fuck. Uh oh! I am proficient in this. I no, the worst it can be is another mix, mixed success, because this is a two and okay. a five. Eight plus two, ten.
0: Ten. You're communicating with the ship in your in your mind room and the, the ship Is, I don't
2: talks want to do back this. to you. <laughs>
0: no no the ship goes When we land, just make sure it looks badass.
2: Is there any other way to land? <laughs> <laughs>
3: This is the you, silliest shit that we have ever done, and we have been on D&D and Big D, all right? Like, <laughs> I want that to go in the fucking record, like, on the recording. This is the silliest shit we've ever done, and we have been on that
0: show twice. Raquel and Jake, you're you're in this room that is quickly becoming decompressed, and Hagen is flying very quickly into the hole. Get out of the way. As you... As you come in, you angle the ship so that it is lengthwise with the door, and the cockpit is on the inside, and the, the rest, the wings, the engine, everything of the ship lines up with the door and hits it and stops the vacuum. You launch out of the pilot's chair into the docking bay, and as you come out, again, at great speed, You put your feet forward in a a roll and you do a superhero three-point stand on the wall behind Jake and Raquel.
2: And then I fall (gasps) flat on my fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just for a minute and then gravity sets in. (laughs) absolutely. How much damage do I take, Nolan? Uh, d8. 1d8? Yeah. You not want to roll it? no Um, i'm not supposed to ever roll okay shit that's uh that is four damage so i am at uh eight out of twelve okay hagen hagen's beat up a little bit he's got some new dents some new scratches and some new scorch marks um but his (laughs) goggles
0: pristine you guys are all in this station hagen is on his back and and damaged and as you guys are, are recovering what's happening, Calvin comes over the, the intercom. You need to get back up to the bridge. Something's happening. We're we're getting close to this asteroid and, and we're losing systems left and right. We need as much help as we can get.
2: Uh, I'ma run.
0: We can get up running.
2: Yeah. dust myself off and run.
0: <laughs> yeah, running back to the bridge. As you guys are running, lights are flickering on and off. The gravity in the ship isn't working as well. Some of your strides are Ooh. extremely long, like you're jumping. Ooh. Doors are opening and closing. You can feel it get cold and then hot in places. The the ship is going haywire. As you come to the bridge, you you come in and Crumb, you see his Tesla coils are Just spinning and that's that's how he communicates with the ship. He's he's making these currents to to communicate with all of these systems And you see his his eye is is strained and he's really trying to pay attention to what he's doing and Calvin turns around to you guys and says This is gonna be a bumpy landing, but we're gonna We found a flat spot on the surface of the the asteroid We're gonna try and just crash into it and hope that we can leave enough stability in the hull to get us off of it when we're done so you guys better find your seats and buckle the fuck up.
1: Done.
3: Yeah, done.
0: Can I attempt as as science guy
2: when I sit down and buckle up? Can I attempt to help Crumb land the ship? Yes. I'm gonna jack into it. I'm not gonna hijack it. I I imagine like this is science tech. Like all of this, kind of goes. Yes. Through. I'm gonna jack into it, and if I can wax poetic for just a second, this is the only thing thus far that has come into Hagen's mindscape that has its own form. Ooh, And it, like, it's it's a blue robot. I want you to imagine Cortana but even more gender neutral. Okay. Kind of this this glowing blue form with weird like matrix numbers going up their body. I think that's what the Aegean Manticore looks like. In, in his mindscape. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely. When when you're sitting there, you come into the white room and you sit down in your chair and it turns the color of your eyes and directly across from you, from the feet up, this figure appears and their their chair turns into the blue of the Aegean manticore. It is dark and their eyes stare back at you The same color as the feathers and the mane of the picture of the manticore on the outside. The manticore addresses you. Ah, friend Hoganite. How can I be of assistance?
2: We're going to be landing. It's going to be very bumpy.
0: What can I do to help us land with the least
2: amount of damage to you?
0: You see them tap their foot for a second. What they're doing is processing, and they... They come back and their eyes look at you very, very intently. Just make sure the hull integrity field is kept at the maximum percentage possible. If you're able to do that, Crum can handle the rest. hagen
2: thinks the Manticore, jacks out, and starts pushing buttons to deal with the hull. Give me a roll. What science or tech? It doesn't, doesn't matter, they're both intelligence. Oh, I can re-roll one of them because otherwise it was going to be. Oh, it would be a seven. It's four and one. That's a twelve, motherfucker. (gasps)
0: Awesome. You've you've dialed into this field. That there's a very specific integrity field for the ship. It, it helps regulate the vacuum of space and the pressure on the inside of the ship to make sure that the hull has the, the maximum amount of integrity wherever you travel, depending on heat, pressure, what's going on. And it's it's fritzing. I mean, like all, it's it's a Star Trek fight scene. There's sparks and shit, and the the ship is rumbling, and you know lights are coming on and off, and everything's going crazy, and you have managed to get this one system working as flawlessly as you can. As the manticore approaches the landing pad, the ground itself begins to open up as you realize that the landing pad was actually two bay doors, large enough for your ship to pass through. In hindsight, you realize you were lucky enough to have kept the field at its current power because there is a tractor beam pulling steadily on the manticore. The cabin itself is unharmed, but you can hear deep cracks and pops as the fuselage of the manticore groans in protest as it begins to compress under the artificial gravity beam. Due to the vacuum of space, you don't realize that the landing bay the fighter was in implodes, but the manticore holds fast. As you pass through the threshold of the bay doors, you can tell that you are moving at several meters a second as the rock walls rush by you. However, with the manticore's outer lights inoperative an and the inner systems failing, you soon can no longer see the walls of the tunnel. but you all realize that if you're maintaining your speed, then this tunnel is clearly bored through hundreds of meters of solid rock. After what seems like ages, you emerge into the interior of the asteroid, the size of which defies your comprehension. Even though you remember seeing the asteroid from the outside, once you're inside, it's difficult to even resolve features on the far side of the behemoth room. But that is not what arrests your attention. What arrests your attention are the gargantuan chains from the walls of the cylindrical room to its center. They emerge from all around the room, dozens if not hundreds of meters of thick chain, all running towards the center, as if they were set up to hold something massive in place. Your eyes follow one of these kilometers long chains to the middle and to a smaller cylinder suspended in space. At first it appears to be a smaller analog of the main asteroid, but upon further inspection you realize that the smaller cylinder is a shade of black so dark that it would stand out against the backdrop of space, and so smooth that it appears nearly featureless save for one small dot of light. As the manticore approaches, it becomes clear that this small speck of light is actually closer to the size of a cargo ship, and as you get closer, Something about that light doesn't sit well with you. Whereas all the other lights within the manticore and on other ships glow with a twinge of fluorescence, this light looks like sunlight. Not only does it look like sunlight, but it doesn't even appear to be filtered through fiber fiberglass. This patch of sunlight is now so large that it fills most of your field of view, and if you hadn't known any better, each of you would have said you were landing on a planet. The manticore touches down with a thud, as the tractor beam disengages. Your ears pop, and you hear several loud, sharp bangs as you realize that the manticore is repressurizing. Crumb checks the manifold for some type of reading, but the ship has gone dead. With a curious, hmm, he releases his safety harness and walks to the very front of the cabin, where there is a small button encased in glass. In very tiny print, there is a sign underneath that says, in case of emergency landing on Class M-type habitat, break glass. He breaks the glass, presses a red button, and the entire glass windshield in the cabin rises up like a rear window out of an Earth-based SUV. Our spaceship is a hatchback?
3: Absolutely! It's a hatch front. <laughs> it's, it's a mom Christ, ship. Jesus Christ, can't call back missiles, and our ship is a fucking hatchback.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fucking future is this? It's it's the best future. Because there's Capri
0: Sun in the cargo bag. <laughs> <laughs> we got Lance Crackers and Capri Sun. Everybody and happy? purple stuff. Oh, yeah. I yeah, want the, the purple, purple stuff. St- and the purple stuff.
3: This, I'm being honest with you.
0: As he opens the, the hatch, he goes outside and there's trees and birds. But you can't see a horizon. It just keeps going. What do you do? Jake
3: wants to think back to, you know, like rumors and stuff that he's heard on other um, in other civilizations or in other uh, cultures rather, about like civilizations inside of asteroids. Does he know any of those stories? And for that, I am gonna roll a 12. I'm mean, sorry, an 11.
0: There are structures like this around planets that are used for habitat reclamation where people put species on there to protect them from environmental changes. Or whatever okay none of them are even close to this size this thing is a thousand kilometers long 600 miles in length and 300 miles across oh, well, it, damn, it's a cylinder that's big right you're looking through all of these things these facts in your head about these other cultures that have built these things and they're minuscule compared to this
3: all right Jake is impressed by the scope of this project
0: Raquel
1: I think that she is dumbstruck. Like, she's just in awe. So it's completely open. And, like, in theory, we could walk straight out, right? Correct. I am going to use, and I don't want to do this, but I do want to do this. And I want to use my premonition. Oh, shit. And so I get to ask a question, and you have to describe the, you have to honestly describe the likely outcome. What the fuck? But I only get to do it once a day, which is why I'm hesitant to use it now, but I really want to use it now. And I'm just rambling while I think of the question. All right, so I'm gonna, the question that I'm gonna ask is, who will we run into when we step off the ship?
0: When you land on this ship, Raquel, your your psychic abilities begin to flare up as all of the technology fails. You just get a crystalline image, just one picture of Crum outside of his suit.
2: He nakey. He nakey.
0: <laughs> As you have this image, Crum is, is moving off of the ship, and you see him descend onto the ground outside of the ship.
1: I follow him. I just, I don't want to leave him alone. He's my best friend, and he doesn't even know it yet. <laughs> Okay.
0: H- Hagen's also going to follow out. Yeah, I'm sticking with Chrome. Yeah. The interior of this ship looks like most habitable planets any of you have been on. There is plant life, there seems to be wildlife, evidence of nature thriving all around you. As you all spread out from the manticore, you hear servo motors begin to wind and spin up. A small ball floats out of the ground and shakes off the dirt on it. It hovers over to your group, stopping directly in front of Crum. Ah, Oracle. It is a blessing you are here. May I welcome you to the Botany Bay. I will act as your personal operations and logistics terminal. Please let me know if there is anything I can perform for you. Are these beings your prisoners? The Long Errand is presented by Good Better Quest, a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM with Nolan Lacey. Players are David Holman, Doug Holley, and Nicholas Snyder. Additional voices provided by Brianna Jean of Pseudonym Social. Music provided by Kevin McLeod and TabletopAudio.com. As always, thank you for listening.